Mark, you thought it was vanilla ice, didn't you? <laughs> Gotta let this one play out a little bit. So good. All right. Welcome back, Geoholics. Thanks for listening. We are at episode... 194, if you can believe that. I think it's going to work out that 200 is going to be right after the first of the year. So that's going to be pretty exciting. We'll have to do something big for that. Um, but again, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. So much going on at the moment. One thing I want to bring up is if you haven't heard about this, uh, this platform, it's called Geo Coffee News. And I met Marco at Energeo. And he has just recently started this, GeoCoffee News. It's geocoffee.news. And what it is, it's a web platform basically leveraging AI technology to actively search and summarize the latest news articles within the world of geospatial technology. So check it out. Follow him on social media as well, geocoffee.news. Um, new media partner of ours. And uh, I'm really looking forward to where this is going to go because he's got some really cool things going. Uh, Producer Sean is taking a Geoholics PTO day this week to attend to some personal matters. And in his stead, we have the one and only chief geek himself, Marky Mark Taylor. Mark, how are you, my friend? I am envious that you guys were in Germany. I didn't get any bratwurst. <laughs> but you did get it. You did get a gift. You just haven't received it yet. Ah, okay. So hopefully it hasn't gone bad then. Uh, yes. No, I think I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be just fine. What's new with you, man? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, um, crazy stuff. I was in Indiana on an army base for a week, having uh, some military guys and a client blow my drones up in the sky, which was <laughs> incredibly fun and nerve wracking. With 50 millimeter rounds going off and proximity. Wow, that's crazy. Grenades. Yeah. And then Very there was cool. a contingent from Germany, a contingent from England, the Netherlands. I didn't even know Netherlands had an army. Um, <laughs> and they came out and saw the uh, weaponry. So hopefully in the wow. next few weeks, we'll be able to actually post the video. That is freaking really cool. cool. I don't know how you get to do these things, but you do the coolest things. So jealous. In addition to that, speaking of the coolest things, I saw you saw you too in the Sphere in Vegas here recently. I did last night. Yes. Was it as amazing as it appears to have been? Um, the word astonishing is the best way to describe it. Really? Um, sensory overload... Wow. And the audio, because of the way they have the speakers pointed at the seats and the vibrations through the seats, mm -hmm. um, I'm not kidding you. The the dialogue, the vocals was pristine. It was like wearing headphones. Um, wow. Unbelievable. And then what blew us away, there was one tree hill. There were some lightning strikes that everybody in the audience jumped. And oh, wow. our clothing vibrated like this. From the base. Oh my God. It wow. was, yeah. And then to have Lady Gaga show up that no I one saw knew that. About. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Did she, I'm assuming she did a song with them. 
uh, two songs, and then I hung two out songs? with us for the rest of the night. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you did. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, that's man. Awesome. I'm jealous. I looked at yeah. tickets, and they're outrageously expensive. So I don't know that I can sell that one to the lovely Megan quite yet. Yeah. Um, the problem is I'm legitimately spoiled. The first reaction to my wife was, we're never going to chase field or talking stick ever again because this is no. oh, that's the thing, no. right? Once yeah. you experience something like that, everything else is going to like bail by comparison, right? Mm-hmm. No, there Crazy. was no bad seats in the house. It was just um, absolutely breathtaking uh, in every yeah. aspect of it. So so cool, awesome. Well, good for you. A um, couple things here, real quick. You mentioned Chase Field. Got to talk about our Diamondbacks. They somehow made it to the World Series, as crazy they as that did. is. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. It's like this town doesn't even know how to react right now because they're caught so off guard. Um, but it's pretty exciting, and that starts tomorrow night. I think games three, four, and five are in Phoenix Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So another tough ticket to get for sure, but who knows? Fingers crossed. Hopefully I can luck into a couple. The other thing I want to mention is the Geahawks will be at the Roads and Streets Conference uh, next week in Tucson, which is yeah. like the largest transportation conference in uh, in the state of Arizona. So that should be going on for us as well. Super excited to make some You think I could join there. you on that one? Feel free. Yeah. Feel free. Let's talk after the show. Consider it done. Okay. Right on. All right. With that, why don't you tell us about that opening number? Ah, for the David Bowie fans out there, Under Pressure. As everybody pretty much knows, he's been around for a while or at least has some gray in their uh, facial hair. Um, <laughs> David Bowie has been a leading figure in the music industry. He's considered one of the most influential uh, musicians of the 20th century. Uh, in his lifetime, his record sales estimated over 100 million records. That's incredible if you think about it. Um, Unbelievable. That level of sales made him one of the world's best-selling uh, music artists. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1996, and he's been dubbed the greatest rock star ever by Rolling Stone magazine. All of his music can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else imaginable. And pre-show conversation, I understand that you actually got a chance to see him at some point. Yeah, uh, John, uh, one of our guests, has also seen him. I saw him back at the London Hippodrome for uh, wow. just two sets. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, nightclub. Yeah, unbelievable. Yep not not someone. I mean, somebody who I'd love to see, but unfortunately, that opportunity has passed. And uh, rest in peace is uh, how I'm going to leave that one. Uh, we are, of course, in the Mentoring Monday studio this week, and I was just texting with TK uh, today, and that guy, I mean, he, he's everywhere, and that's an understatement. He just hiked Mount Whitney the last couple days to visit the highest survey mark in the lower 48. Amazing. Like he hasn't seen a brass cat before. Not on top of Mount Whitney. He was like 14,000 oh, wow. feet. That's yeah, crazy. That's insane. Yeah, hopefully you got a shot on it, right? Yeah. I'd love to ask him. But anyways, if you're not familiar with Mentoring Mondays, check out the website, mentoringmondays.com. It's an awesome platform for you know beginning surveyors, uh, seasoned surveyors, or anybody interesting, interested in surveying or the geospatial professions in general. Uh, again, mentoringmondays.com, but it's actually mentoringmondays.xyz. Next up. The Airworks Random Trivia, and Chief Geek, you got something for us this evening. 
So keeping with the spirit of U2 and the sphere, um, I actually got the privilege of flying around it when I was in Vegas. But mm. I did a little bit of research because I was thinking if you can actually see the eyeball staring back at you from the space shuttle, how much is the electric bill? So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a staggering number, and it's made more staggeringly when you understand they have a negotiated rate by Nevada Power that oh it's five cents a megawatt. Okay. And they spend $443,000 a month. Oh, my. A month. Is that true? Oh, no, I just insane. make shit up. Seriously. That's insane. Hey, it wouldn't be the first time. No. That's I, unbelievable. I, fact check. Yes, I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> fact check. Yes. Yeah. Hey, but remember, we'll talk. <laughs> in, yeah. Not to talk incessantly about the concert, there were something that the audience, just to go and see, is when you walk in, it looks like they're concrete, um, just giant concrete blocks, but it's actually <laughs> the image. And then they turn on the lights. So they're called halo lights, little square, super bright lights, and they'll have like uh, 10 in a row, five rows <laughs> down, 10 across, Got five it. down just pulsing to the music. But what's incredible about it is there are reflections on the back of it. So it looks like it's attached to scaffolding and it disappears, yeah. but it's not. And then when they crank them up, you're all like completely blinded. Wow. And it's a bloody TV screen. So yeah, you need sunglasses <laughs> for some of it. Oh Super man. Cool. I can't wait to go sometime, but that that's an amazing number. Holy cow. Over $4,000 a month in electricity. Whew. All right. Um, next up is the advanced genetic surveys, weekly words of wisdom. And I am staying with the baseball theme for this segment. And this yeah. is short and sweet. The quote is it ain't over till it's over. And one of the best quotes of all time, of course, it comes from the Yogi Berra book of Proverbs. That guy's got so many quotes, it's ridiculous. But man, oh man, if there wasn't a quote, or if there was ever a quote that relates to just about every aspect of life, it ain't over till it's over is one of them. Love that yeah. one. All right, let's get our guest in here to join in on the fun. Uh, of course, our guest this week is presented by XYHT Magazine. We have John Florio from Juniper Systems with us. A little bit about John before we let him speak. He's born in San Jose and grew up in the Bay Area, currently resides in Utah, beautiful state. Uh, he, received, yep, he received a degree in uh, anthropology, of all things, focusing on Mesoamerican and Southwestern archaeology from the University of California. I'm sorry to interrupt. Isn't that monkeys? No, that's something completely different. Oh. Maybe, maybe where you're from, archaeology does pertain to monkeys, but not here. Uh, in his free time, <laughs> in his free time, he enjoys fishing, hiking, and he is a history nerd. Uh, he's a senior product manager at Juniper Systems, and he's passionate about learning and says learning is part of life's great adventure. Uh, John, welcome to the Geoholics. Thanks for being here. Welcome. Great. Thank you. Glad to be here, Kent and Mark. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, I also want to mention real quick that Juniper Systems is a new friend of the program of the Geoholics, yes. and we appreciate your support. And funny enough, I actually saw John at uh, Intergeo. 
here That's a couple right. of weeks back. We bumped into In each other there. Yep, got to meet each other, exchange pleasantries, all that good stuff. And uh, uh, talking before the show, John also had an amazing time at Energio. Yeah, it was so, fantastic. Let's get things rolling here with the Trimble Pro Point Icebreaker. This is short and sweet as well. Um, John, I'm going to let you go first. What is one thing you cannot live without? Coke Zero. <laughs> oh, God, that was fast. You're supposed to say Michelle. No hesitation. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. Coke Zero. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Mark, I got to ask you, what's one thing you could not live without? The love and affection of my wife. Oh, oh I'm so, so dead. Sweet. I know. I right. You're all going to throw up, but it's true. All right. Now tell us what you really can't live without. Besides the obvious. Besides the obvious. Still the love and affection of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get him to budge. <laughs> so funny. Sean, I'm really excited about this one. Oh, yeah? Yep, Dimensional Geomatics is the latest friend of the program, Russell White and his team, with decades of experience in dimensional control, metrology, laser scanning, and drone operations. Dimensional Geomatics brings together a history of exceptional project execution. Uh, they really do. From a single technician to multiple crews in different locations, they field highly trained, quality, and safety-focused personnel for their projects. Keyword there is safety. Absolutely. And Qualified personnel, whether it's laser scanning, onshore or offshore, refinery or forensics, Dimensional Geomatics has the equipment, people, knowledge, and contacts to fully tailor a solution to meet your needs. Yeah, with over 20 years experience and 24-7 global support, they are just a phone call away. In addition, with accurate and up-to-date LiDAR, from one square acre to a thousand square miles, they can provide you with the deliverables you need. No job is too big or too small. To find out more, go to dimensional-geomatics.com. Uh, one thing I do want to talk to you about, John, before we get in kind of the meat of things here, um, one of your career highlights, and I want to know more about this, was developing the first proto-tablet device at Juniper Systems. How did that come about? Oh, that was a fantastic project. Um, at that time, we were in the world of uh, Windows Mobile, Windows Embedded Handheld, Windows CE. And this was before the iPad came out, before there were any tablet-type devices out there. Uh, but what we were noticing is a lot of people were staring and squinting at that little screen. And we were thinking, there's got to be a better way to do this. Maybe we could make the screen a little bit larger. Mm. So we did some research and we found a screen that was four times the size of your typical, what we used to call back then, PDA screen. And we found a, a suitable touchscreen that would work with it on top of the display. And then what we did is we put together a focus group. We got people from several different markets. We got some land surveyors in. We got some people who were in... Uh, cattle harvesting and breeding. We've got some mm. agricultural people in the building and some people who did uh, work in the oil and gas industry. And then what we did is we said, okay, here is a literally a clay model. We took some, some plasticine clay and we made a model of this thing. And we put where we thought there should be buttons and where there should be a battery or battery covers. And then we put it in people's hands and we said, okay, what would you do different? What do you like? What do you not like? And through that process, people started holding in their hands and looking at it and say, hmm, maybe if you make the back a little bit flat, curvy so it fits my hand better, or maybe there should be a button up here where my thumb 
sits because it's sort of right where I'm holding the product. And that process of discovery, those customers was just, it was something I'd never done before. I'd been in product management for a while, but I never had that opportunity to do that at that level of intensity. And it ended up turning into a, a really fun little product and uh, it really took off and it kind of changed uh, our whole company. So it was, wow. uh, it was a blast. That's pretty cool to be a part of something like that. That's like, like a groundbreaking moment, right? Yeah, it was, it was really fun because it was a direction change. It was something different that had not been done before. It was, you know, kind of like that, uh, what was it Henry Ford statement? You know, if you ask people what they want, they're going to want a faster horse. <laughs> so what we did yeah, is right. say, well, let's, let's not make another horse. Let's turn it on its head and, and think about the problems that people are trying to solve. And we thought about, you know, you look at, you've all been around surveyors holding on to a data collector in your hand and they're in the sun and they're squinting at that little screen and we're thinking, maybe there's a way to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let, let's uh, jump right into Juniper Systems. Um, I am super curious to learn more, of course. So why don't you tell us everything great about Juniper Systems, you know, just kind of introduce the business and, you know, maybe what your, what your mission is with this. Okay, sure. So Juniper Systems, um, we're up here in our factory, our little cuckoo clock shop up in Northern Utah, Logan, Utah. Our mission statement says that we are a manufacturer of rugged field data collection and data management systems for extreme environments. So what does that mean? We it means we make handheld computing devices, tablets, and other products that are used in land surveying and lots of other industries. Um, we don't sell or develop products directly for land surveying, but what we do is we produce computing products that are used by many different instrument manufacturers all over the world. Hmm. Uh, if you're walking around Energeo, you probably noticed in a number of the different booths that different exhibitors had for different instrument manufacturers, you probably saw our, our products in one shape, form, or another. Uh, that's something that we do is we, uh, we'd like to find out what people's problems are and come up with solutions to those and develop our products along those lines. Hmm. So you mentioned you don't just work with surveyors, you work with other uh, you know, entities as well. What are some examples of, of other entities that you work with outside of surveying? Oh, gosh, there's, uh, there's several different... Uh, markets that we work in, it's, it's really kind of fun. Uh, land surveying, that's a big market for us. It has been for many years. We've been doing that for over 20 years. Uh, in fact, the company, we're, I think, 25, 26 years old now. We've been in this business for a while. Uh, we also do a lot of products for the utilities and public services industry. There's a number of industrial applications that we serve, uh, oil and gas industry uh, and industrial food production. In natural resources and environmental sciences, we have people who use our products for uh, wetlands delineation, logging and forestry management. Uh, and then our, our roots come from agriculture. Originally, the company was called Harvest Master when it was first started. And interesting thing is we actually, at that time, we were producing what are called plot harvest data systems. And these are weighing systems that go on field combines that are used for measuring the weight and volume and salinity of seeds, like corn, barley, wheat, that type of thing. That's where we started out. And it turned out we had produced a neat system for measuring, but we needed a computer and a computer that would work in a rugged outdoor farm environment. And there wasn't one that really suited the job at the time. So we built one 
And then we discovered after a few iterations of that product that there were other industries that had that need, what we call the dirty jobs world. And we started selling our product under the Juniper Systems brand because at that time we were focusing mostly on natural resources and forestry. Well, the product grew, it started spreading into other markets and Juniper Systems became the main brand. Uh, we still have the Harvest Master brand, which still does our agriculture products. And the, the reason we came from that origin is because we're located up here in Northern Utah with Utah State University, the home of the Aggies. There you go. So our products we make, not just computers, but we even make, uh, we have a little mapping grade, uh, scalable accuracy GPS receiver we build. Hmm. We have sensors and different components we put onto our computers. Uh, we even make a... Uh, snow grooming system for ski resorts oh wow because we're in utah we got ski resorts and hey, sure you know it's really great to be able to go out and do demos on ski resorts so yeah we made that that sounds too. cool but i'm still not hearing anything about drones <laughs> drones we make computers uh, that you can use to operate drones oh boring there you go what else <laughs> guys <laughs> what else do seriously we one of the biggest problems the drone industry has is the ability to have a good tablet that's stable, can handle the heat. You know, employees are cool, but they're not exactly responsible for their equipment and tend to do things they shouldn't, right? They need to be really yeah. rugged. And um, our iPads overheat, but they're better than the DJI product that comes out and has its inherent problems. But everything you're talking about, you know... Um, I want one. <laughs> so we're going to have to send you one of our new Mesa Pro tablets, which is a nice big tablet. It's got a really bright screen. Yeah, Battery's going to run all day. It's, uh, nice. it's huge. It's awesome. You'll love it. So every single like... drone, sorry, can, every single drone system, that's why I showed you the ones in the beginning. Yep. Like tomorrow, the 2,000 acres, we, here's a 10,000 milliamp micro battery because the battery that's in it needs a hmm. constant charge. So now we attach this tablet to this with extra cables and it's very tiring holding and watching the drone and we don't have enough power. The hmm. screens heat up. We need to be receiving files by cell phone or Wi-Fi through the truck. We need computing power. Um, Preferably not an Android system because some of the apps don't work on Android, but they work on iOS. So there's that homologation. But if you had a tablet that could fix all that, they they would legitimately fly out the door. iOS is a challenge, but it can get you a Windows 11 tablet with an i7 in it. Perfect. Cool. So That's the you to try out. Done. Done. <laughs> so talk about the uh, testing. No, that wasn't a... A shameless plug, you, you, I'm just inspired by your um, entrepreneurial, your visionary um, aspect, taking something that really had a limited need at the time and wasn't really adopted. Like every, every, I just got on the plane and every single kid's got an iPad 9. I'm like, there must be a million dollars worth of iPads on this airplane, <laughs> right? There's such a dramatic adoption. And then did you see that article? Um, by the uh, American Psychology, Child Psychology Association, where um, an 18 month, the average 18 month old baby will be given an iPad and they'll swipe. 
Crazy. Just do that. They automatically know because they've seen their parents do that. That's what they do with an iPad. But give them a book and they just start gnawing on it, you know? <laughs> don't even know what a book is. So um, uh, kudos to you. But, yeah, the, the drone industry is desperate for an incredible all-day power tablet. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, I, I would like to learn more about the testing procedures. And, you know, it sounds like these tablets are incredibly durable. Um, talk about the testing that you guys put them through. Oh, gosh. Um, Throw them off or, the Empire State Building? Uh, not that high. Uh, you have to worry about <laughs> ground strikes. Um, <laughs> we have a great video of an earlier product. We have mechanical engineers, and when they're you have to keep them busy because when they get bored, they start doing things. They built a trebuchet <laughs> because they wanted to see how far they could shoot oh. one of our tablets before. Oh my God. That's yeah. awesome. So the exercise feet. wasn't necessarily about the ruggedness of the tablet. It was how cool the trebuchet could be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. sometimes uh, we, we, we wrestle them away from that. We're able to get some engineering done. Uh, we have to do all kinds of certification based testing. Particularly if you have a cell modem in a product, there's mm. all kinds of safety and electrical certifications you have to go through. And thankfully, mm. Europe just passed a law which requires us to have USB-C on everything. So there's always changes happening in the industry. But from the testing standpoint, we start with what's the worst condition the user is going to be in? Mm -hmm. And we have to meet that. And then we think, okay... What's the worst condition the user is going to be in for at least three years? So we have to think of how long they're going to have that product and put it through that rough environment. Uh, we assume three years as a test environment, but in reality, most people use these products between five and seven years. So we have to design for that. Uh, we do drop testing. We do hot and cold temperature testing. In fact, every single product we build goes through an environmental chamber before it goes out the door. It goes through two temper temperature cycles mm -hmm. from freezing to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and we have to do that twice because it's basically validating all the seals on the product. Mm -hmm. We do all kinds of electronic exposure to sparks and gaps and mm. EM noise, bad circuitry noise. Uh, imagine the additional power spikes that come from a charger in a vehicle. Uh, we also do all kinds of vibration testing. When you put all these little tiny pieces and components together in a small chassis and you want it to be rugged and durable, and then you think, okay, this is going to be riding around in a truck maybe, going from place to place, or it might be in a helicopter, or it might be on a boat, uh, and you have high-frequency and low-frequency vibration to deal with. So... You have to think about all those little pieces and parts staying where they're supposed to stay, mm. uh, preferably on the inside of the product. Um, so it's really, it's, it's quite fascinating to do that. And we have a lab that we literally have to be careful. It, it is a trade name, but we, our lab, we call the, Myth, the Mythbuster lab. <laughs> and that's where we just throw things at the product that we haven't tried before. And sure. one of the most interesting tests is human sweat. One of the most corrosive things on a product is human sweat mixed with sunscreen and bug repellent. Deep. That will just eat plastic off of a product. It's, it's amazing. Interesting. Who knew, right? Who knew? Who knew? So let's talk yeah. about what people want to know. I mean, what, what 
kind of separates you guys from the other people out there kind of doing the same thing? What makes Juniper Systems different? Um, gosh. I think one of the things that makes us different is it kind of goes with the founder of the company. His name was Ron Campbell. He likes to call himself the black sheep of the family. And if you ever meet him, you'll get it. Um, but he says we have a culture we call deep roots. And it's because the Campbell family who's involved in the ownership, they all come from the agricultural world, from the farming, farming lifestyle, farming community. So we don't necessarily go with the latest trend or the latest new feature on a product, but we really try to dig deep into what customers are doing, really try to know those jobs really well and come up with the best and most affordable and reliable solution for those jobs. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was a movie where an advertiser was trying to use truth in advertising and they were talking about the Volvo and the ad was boxy, but good. <laughs> yeah. So our product isn't sexy. Our product has a certain, um, stability and reliability in it. So it's solid. You get mm. that solid sensation. And yep. uh, the other thing that's unique is we build everything right here. We do concept design, manufacturing, assembly, testing, service, support, all right here in Logan, Utah, in the United States. Mm. Wow. Parts, parts come from all over the world. Sure. We do all the design work right here. Um, also, we have, uh, we're, we're strong on supporting the company culture. Uh, we work hard. We also play hard. We have a gym built right into our, our company uh, structure here in the building. And we even have a racquetball court. Oh, wow. We took the old storage area and turned it into a racquetball court. Nice. Uh, so it's kind of fun. Um, we, have, we have our 15 maxims, sort of our, our code of conduct that we try to live by. I'll just tell you two. The first one is <laughs> we serve our customers and our fellow employees with trust, love, respect, and active support. And we expect the same in return. <laughs> and the last one is we persevere. In other words, sometimes it's going to be hard. Yeah, but yep. it's okay. Yep. What do you, what do you got, Mark? I inter uh, interrupted you. No, it's just an agreement, especially on the perseverance. It goes on both sides because the act of doing everything that you first said takes a lot of effort. You know, it's all about maintaining that company culture. So you're successful. Yeah. In the end, it's worth it, though. Yeah, Michelle's not saying anything, by the way. It's most disappointing. She's nodding <laughs> she's, in agreement. She's muted. She's an observer on this one. Uh, um, so, John, you mentioned like you know the, the parts and stuff like that. Is there still is there still challenges getting some of the parts you guys need to build these things, or is that past us? That's a good question. I think that's basically past us now. We went through. Uh, oh gosh right as COVID was hitting hard and heavy, uh, pretty much everyone experienced all kinds of supply chain problems. And that was really because what had happened is over a period of seven, several years, the electronics industry as a whole had gotten very lean and very, quote, efficient, basically squeezing every penny they can out of the supply chain. But that supply chain was very, very, very tightly pulled string. So any stressor on that immediately broke the system and it broke it globally. And then when you had situations like the entire country of China shutting down or the entire country of Taiwan, where 94% of all processors come from shutting down, all of a sudden the entire global supply chain is choked off. Um, generally we do a pretty good job of managing against that because we tend to carry more inventory than, than is probably 
sometimes considered wise, but we try to keep a cushion in there because a lot of our customers are in critical need markets and they have to always be able to be working. So we have to keep extra inventory to support them. But inevitably it did hit uh, both in two ways, one in the, in the supply of components and other when the supply chain got choked, the laws of economics come into play and then the price of components started fluctuating dramatically. And on top of that, some of those components were counterfeit coming from factories mm. where they don't normally come from. So it was mm. a challenge, but I'd say today uh, that we're pretty much past that now and we're running full speed and generally mm -hmm. we're delivering products. You know, our average turn time is one to five days on orders and large volume orders. Those just scheduled out depending upon what the customers want. Wow. Got it. What is the, what is the newest product? Is that the, the Mesa pro? Yes, the newest one is our Mesa Pro. It's it's our first uh, foray into a full-size Windows tablet. Mm -hmm. We're on the third generation of our Mesa tablet, which is sort of a compact 7-inch uh, Windows product. There's also an Android version. But the Mesa Pro, uh, we kept having requests from people that said they need something a little bit larger, about 10.5 inches, much more battery life, and it needed to have some serious horsepower. So we put in anywhere from... a 256 gig to one terabyte uh, drive. You can get it with a low power Celeron where it's used primarily as a display or with an i5 or an i7 processor. Uh, right now we go up to 16 gigabytes of RAM and pretty soon we're probably gonna bump that to 32. So it's a pretty hefty horsepower device along with you have to have your Bluetooth, you have to have your Wi-Fi, you have to have your, your cell data modem built in. Right. And all of this is inside what we call an IP68 package, which means I can dunk it on the water. That's yeah. perfectly fine. So nice. it's, it's a bit unique. Hey, Kent, can I talk about Diamondback Land Surveying for a second? Please do. By far our favorite friend of the program, their surveying department offers land surveying applications for residential, commercial, and public works projects across the western U.S. Their respected mapping team provides commercial subdivision and plat mapping, easements, and legal document preparation. DBLS is dedicated to building and maintaining an excellent reputation in the construction and development communities by constantly providing top-notch services for our clients. Trent Keenan and his team of professionals look forward to the opportunity to work with you. To find out more, simply go to diamondbacklandsurveying.com. And while we're on the topic, we might as well talk about Get Kids Into Survey. Yeah, I think we have to. Get Kids Into Survey began in 2017 by Elaine Ball with the creation of the first Get Kids Into Survey poster that reflected a fun resource for the survey community to share with their children in order to help them understand what their parents did at work. The response from the industry members was so overwhelmingly encouraging that just two years later, they have a whole range of survey posters in production and we have distributed over 60,000 copies globally. I have a feeling it's even more than that. As the Get Kids in the Survey community expands globally through its network of sponsors and brand ambassadors, the project now includes full programs of work for educators, scholarship opportunities, and a ton of resources that will inspire the next generation of surveyors. Education is our passport to the future, as they say. Find out more by simply going to getkidsintosurvey.com. <laughs> do you guys do you guys have like any strategic partners like do you work with any specific manufacturers or hardware you know you know what i mean i mean do you, do you guys partner with uh other other companies like companies uh we do we do on the supply side and on the delivery side so we have 
products that we build that carry our brand mm-hmm. and we sell that through our dealer network. But then we also do a lot of OEM, custom brand product for other companies. Yeah. Now, brands you're probably familiar with like Carlson Software, Topcon, Sokia, Hexagon, and several others. Mm-hmm. And that's just the land surveying market. Um, if you ever heard of, you know, like Nestle Quick Chocolate or Universal Studios, or <laughs> I could name some others where you'll see yeah. our product and you're like, what is that thing doing there? Huh. Um, so we have a lot of these companies that we build product to their specifications for. They may want certain equipment inside it. Huh. But then on the other side, because we're manufacturing these computers, we have these uh, strategic partnerships that we have to have to supply these parts because we are a small company. You know, we're not doing computers at the million units per month ratio. We're doing it much smaller numbers because they're rich <coughs> markets. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, we're a Microsoft Gold partner because we actually have to write the operating system to work with all the components in the hardware. You don't just install the OS. You have to make it work with everything that's inside the equipment. Yep. Uh, we have a partnership with Intel, with Qualcomm, uh, all the, uh, the big three cell carriers here in the United States which we have to do testing on our product through their test labs. Uh, even uh, Hemisphere, GNSS, we, uh, we work oh, yeah. with them as a partner. And then, uh, even on the accessory side, Seco uh, and Ramount both, we work together with them designing <coughs> our products to fit together with their products. Hmm. So are you so, familiar with GTAC, the rugged laptop that... Uh, yes. Yeah. So do you do stuff like that for the police force? Uh, we have dabbled a little bit in the police, um, and we've done a little bit in military, but mo- which would call the uh, commercial off-the-shelf type applications for the military. Police, we're looking at, we're trying to do more there. A few years back, we had a strategic partnership with another company, and we were providing some components to that company because they, they kind of liked our display technology. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, different markets like that. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to get one of those for in the field for the guys so that they wouldn't break my souped-up Dell for the fourth time. Um, <laughs> but I think the latest upgrade in their email for like 4500 bucks was uh, an i5 with, uh, you know, 8 gigs of RAM. It's like, uh, what are we back in the DOS days here? You know, We started in the DOS days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. go Windows NT. All right. <laughs> there you go. Um, talk a little bit about the support after the sale and what that looks like. Uh, good question. Um, that's kind of one of the areas we focus on as a business because we're a small niche player. I'm saying relative to say a company like Dell or, or even GTAC, which is a large conglomerate manufacturer. Uh, we tend to focus more on the high touch service. So we have a technical support staff here and a service center right here so we can repair our product. The nice thing is the service folks also work with the manufacturing people. So there's a good feedback loop of information. If something's discovered in the field, it gets back to manufacturing very quickly. Uh, along with our technical support team, which their job is you know, assisting the customer, make sure the product works as intended. We also have on our software side, what we call customer success managers. And their job is to help people go from okay, I, I like the product, I want to buy it too. All right, how does it really work? Great, you showed me the demo, but show me how to really make it work for my job. And that's their responsibility. They do that. They'll, uh, it's more than doing demos. It's actually working with the customer and 
taking their data and helping them to build it into a system that'll, that'll allow them to work in the field. Uh, also, we just not too long ago, we restructured our entire dealer network, the people that we sell our products, who resell our products. Uh, we cut down the number of dealers and we focused in on a smaller number of high quality performing dealers. We wanted to get dealers that had multi-state coverage, but one of the key requirements, one of the key characteristics was they had to have a robust and active customer support system to be part of the partnership. And we found that to be highly successful and it's, it's definitely improved the quality of uh, customer experience in the field. Yep, so we focused a lot on the tablets. Um, you also have GNSS receivers. Talk a little bit about those. What is it, the geode, is that what it's called? Yes, it's called the geode. And you probably noticed we have kind of a theme with our products. We use uh, yeah. geologic and geomorphology terms. Yeah. Uh, because Utah's got that cool sort of, you know, Wiley Coyote roadrunner terrain in the southeast, <laughs> southeast of the state. It just kind of gives you some cool names for products like an archer for arch and Mesa for, you know, a, a flat plain, a hills or a flat tablet. Mm -hmm. The geode, the idea was if you think of a geode, it's like a little small rock, which doesn't look like much, but then you crack it open, there's all this cool stuff on the inside. So that's what the geode is. It's a simple mapping grade receiver that has scalable accuracy. So using yeah. different correction sources, you can go anywhere from, you know, uh, say a, you know, two foot accuracy, you know, less than a meter down to, uh, with an L band correction, get down to less than 10 centimeters. And now starting, I think next week is where we start shipping it, uh, you, all the way down to RTK accuracy down to a couple centimeters. So it's designed to be a scalable product. You effectively buy what you need, so you mm. can turn on whatever feature you need. Okay, yeah, that's genius. I like that model. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the in order to get like uh, say survey grade accuracy, um, it just boils down to the uh, the corrections that you subscribe to, correct? Yeah, we don't necessarily like to say survey grade because we don't want to. Um, tread into our, our key surveying partners market space, their mm -hmm. product is, is, is going to be better. That's the reality mm -hmm. because they're, right. they're focused on the tier one premier surveying jobs. But if someone's doing precision mapping and they need to meet those performance levels down to a couple centimeters, but they're not doing land management, they're not doing, you know, combined scale factor work or sure. that, that type of thing. Uh, we're basically serving the rest of the market who needs that positioning yep. that's relying on the core data that surveys provide to them. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you phrased it. Uh, mapping grade. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like yeah. for GIS applications, that type thing, it's, it's yes. ideal. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that the majority of your uh, customers come from the survey world. Um, what do you see happening on that side of things? I mean, technology is advancing at such a rapid rapid pace, um, you know, what, what yeah. do you see coming down the pipe as far as uh, that technology goes? Wow, there's, there's so many things there. Um, I think about some of the things I've seen at Energeo, actually the past few Energeos, probably the term that best fits is what's called sensor fusion, mm -hmm. where you have different sensors being combined together in new ways to come up with new solutions. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw at the show a company called CHC Nav, where they had a RTK 
survey grade receiver and they had mounted a camera in it and with their software with the camera and the gnss position mm -hmm. now every pixel in the image has a coordinate value so yep. you can take mm -hmm. offsets directly on the screen in your data collection solution so that's a that's a neat efficiency i think um the slam technology the simultaneous sure. localization of mapping is going to eventually become the norm yeah. because people want their data results faster and faster they want the results now, and I think that's going to be necessary for people to deliver those results quickly. And I think just overall in the land surveying market, becoming more information technology savvy is going to be the secret to a surveyor's success. Yep. Right. You know, if you think traditional, what's the traditional surveyor for us Americans? It's it's walking into the office and you got the guy in there and you got the draftsman over in the corner and you got this big wall with all these yellow <laughs> notebooks. You know, of various yeah. color with various coffee stains on them. Yeah, that's their that's their database. That's their GIS system. But the problem is, is that is that's proprietary. That's encoded and that's encapsulated in that business. Mm -hmm. And I think going forward, the surveying industry is going to have to move into the information technology world, and their their currency and their relevancy will be on the ability to transact data mm -hmm. rather than to retain data yeah and managing that data is, and is being huge. able to manage it efficiently mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep absolutely and i think um, it's important that surveyors get involved in that because mm -hmm. like i said my, one of my hobbies is history well i don't know a surveyor who isn't a fantastic historian <laughs> uh, and their ability to do research and to get down to the you know the point of origin getting down to the truth and digging down and you know hopefully past a pincushion to where the original marks are. Yep. Um, and that's beyond, and I'll say it, that's beyond what a GIS geek like me does. Mm -hmm. That's that's a level of intelligence that I think is important for the surveying industry to pass on to the rest of the geospatial world. I agree 100%. Mark, you're shaking your head. You're on board with that, right? Oh, no, I'm, a, I'm in total agreement. I mean, my hero is E.H. Taylor. He was a surveyor and he took up and started Buffalo Trace. So he's my hero. All surveys are my heroes. Yes. God love America and bourbon. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I don't yeah. know whether or not to believe you on that one, but yeah, we'll I, go with it. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm on board with John. I think those yellow books are a thing of the past, but it's how they keep their security blanket for their stamp and justify mm. their actions and how they did it. But getting that yeah. into technology and automation and without giving up the how they did it, you know. Yeah. As a drone pilot, I've, I find there are some firms here in town that will actually do a translation that if you remove them from their work on that job site, the other survey firm has to pay a fee to release that information and their key, mm. as it were. Mm -hmm. So they take a northing and easting and elevation and turn it into a pygmy marmoset and a pineapple. And they'll, <laughs> they'll, get, they'll give you the data, but you're, you're paying a fee for it because it's their way, it's their private localized network that they've created for the job site. Sure. Yeah. So. They keep it close to the, close to the hip, as they say. Right. I, I understand the desire to do that, but I think yeah. people are going to learn because you see this in our industries. Yeah. The true value 
the currency is information nowadays. Yes, 100%. The more you can transact that, like any currency, you stuff a dollar bill in your pocket, it's worth nothing. You take that dollar bill out and you, well, it's worth nothing today anyways. A $10 mm-hmm. bill. And you go do a transaction. Now it has value because it can provide value for a service or a resource. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. What about uh, like uh, AI, artificial intelligence? What, what role is that playing in what you guys do? Uh, that's interesting. Um, our designers are using it to test ideas. Hmm. So we're seeing this become integrated in the development world. For example, say you're going to design a case to put a GPS receiver in, a housing or a housing for a tablet. Well, how much material do you need to make that housing? How thick or how thin can it be? How strong would it be? Uh, there's some traditional methodologies that are used out there and some calculation tables that mechanical engineers will use. Same kind of problem on the electrical side. Uh, but now you can use AI to say, okay, give me all the options depending upon these different parameters of what direction I can take it. And artificial intelligence, generally not having as much bias until it has learned bias from its use, Mm -hmm. will come up with different solutions. Some that are completely wacky, some that are, that don't make any sense at all, but some of them that make you think in new ways, but the ability to do it very fast, to iterate it much faster than the human can, and then present those options to the engineer to then look at and make decisions. I think that's Mm -hmm. where we're seeing the benefit. Yeah. Um, I, I, saw something the other day where you know there's like chat gpt of course there's a new version i think it's i think it's a subscription-based service actually yes but in fact it, we use it here on the programming side because okay. we use it to test different ideas oh yeah yeah well that's what made me think about it what you were saying and it's, it's to the point now where you can like upload a pdf of something and ask questions that pertain to the pdf and it will generate responses for you um, like, for example, I saw uh, Aaron Michelenko, uh, who's a, been a guest on here a number of times and a, uh, a, a guest co-host as well. And the guy's on the cutting edge. And, you know, he posted something on LinkedIn, I believe it was, where he you know, uploaded a PDF of a plat, survey plat, to mm-hmm. this version of ChatGPT and said, you know, write me a legal description for Parcel 5. And sure no enough, way. it wrote a legal description. It wasn't perfect. You know, it was probably... 75% of the way there, but still in a matter of seconds, you know, the, the foundation wow. of the legal description was generated. It's pretty freaking amazing what's going on. Yeah. I, I think, you know, people who are, refer- well, people are always afraid of new technology, but then mm-hmm. there's enough entrepreneurs out there who look at it and say, Hmm, maybe I can use mm-hmm. this. I mean, yep. I'm taking a, uh, a Python programming for GIS class right now at the university. And, you know, we're counseled before the beginning of the class not to use, AI to do your homework, mm-hmm. right. but it's perfectly okay to use chat GPT to experiment with problems. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you submit a question to it, it since chat GPT particularly is a language learning tool, that's its primary job. Yep. It does a really good job of describing the problem or the solution in an easy to understand way. That's where I found the value in being able yeah. to learn mm. in different ways. Yeah, I agree. Still have to um, do your homework, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I say, it gets you 75% of the way there and yes. provides food for thought, which is yes. pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, what else? What's what's going on? What are you excited about? You know, one year, five years down the road for uh, Juniper Systems. Oh gosh, this is where we enter the forward-looking statements disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty luckily, much. We're a private company, so I can just make stuff up and we'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we made our first iteration of a larger tablet. I think you're going to see iterations along that platform of newer. Faster, lighter, smaller, thinner, more svelte designs. Because first thing we do is build it stout, and then we start trimming it down so it uh, <laughs> it looks a little bit lighter, yep. meets some more needs, things like that. Uh, I think we're going to see more more different types of sensors flow into our products. Uh, also, we're we're getting more inquiries from partners and from even our OEM partners. They don't just want the component. They don't just want the box. They want us to go beyond pushing the box. They want us to say, okay, take it farther. Give us closer to the solution that the users want. So I see mm. us working more with those end users and getting closer to the solution that they're trying to use. And then those partners take it to the next level of how they integrate it into their system. So I think you're going to see more of that type of stuff happening. Um, and we're trying to develop more niche market solutions. We call that, uh, it's kind of like uh, the term, I guess, used in development is dog fooding. You take your own product <laughs> and you try to use it to solve problems and you discover new things. For example, when we build a new tablet or handheld, we give one to each of the engineers on the project and we make them carry that thing around all day long. And then when they come back and say, eh, we say, why aren't you carrying your tablet with you? Say, oh, it's too heavy. And we say, uh-huh, uh-huh, you learned something. Uh, or it doesn't great. fit right in my hand. I'm like, well, think about that. Yeah. Because you're simply re relinked to us what our customers are saying. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that approach. Um, before we let you get out of here, two things. First of all, where can our listeners find out more? Well, you can always start at www.juniperSYS.com, our website. And of course, we're on all the different social media platforms. We do all kinds of fun stuff out there. And yep. uh, we have a full library of videos on YouTube and some other uh, public sites that are fun. Yeah. Yep. The Good nice stuff. thing, though, is we're still a small company. Psychologically, mentally, culturally. Even sure. though there's a couple hundred people working here, if you need something, you just call us up. There's someone here that'll pick up the phone. You can talk to a real human. We will never have an answering system. We will never have a chat bot that takes your call. Mm. We feel it's worth the additional expenditure to make sure there's a human there that gets the contact and talks to you on the phone so you can start working together. Yeah. Well, we have our own chat bot, uh, Mark Taylor. Mark, anything yes. else uh, you want to add to the conversation before we uh, let John get out of here? No, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, I, I, I appreciate what you did, you've done in that story from the beginning and going back to the days of clay and um, just molding something. I think that's fascinating and speaks volumes. Um, and I really like the fact that anybody that gets your product can get someone at the end of the phone. It's so important, you know. So, are you excited to give the Mesa Pro a? a, a a test drive? I'll give it a test drive if I'm so lucky as to get one. There you go. I think we could scare one up. Got a factory <laughs> right back there out my back window. 
Should we go Just Android or Windows? Uh, <laughs> the the pros are all Windows right now. Okay. Yeah, let's give it a shot. That'd be great. Okay. Just, just go grab one, John. Nobody's going to know what see, notice it missing. Oh, they'll know. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about being an ISO 9001 quality management system company. They know where everything is. Yeah. There's cameras everywhere, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. All right. One last thing we ask all our guests. Um, do you have a mantra that you live by? Oh, gosh, a mantra I live by. You know, that's a tough one. I don't have a good one. Uh, but I heard a great one this morning. We have a, our sales meeting every Thursday, sales and marketing meeting, and we have a little warm-up exercise. People take turns presenting something hmm. uh, you know, useful. And uh, there's one that's kind of become popular out there again among the cool kids. I think it's uh, maybe Michelle can help me out with it. Who's going to carry the boats? Who's going to carry the boats? It goes All back right. to the Navy SEALs and... You know, they're, they're giving us oh, yeah, to yeah. carry things around. And if, if someone drops out, then the rest of the team still has to carry the boat. So it's I like it. It's that dig deep. Who's going to carry the boat? I like it. That's good. That's good. All right. Anything else before we uh, let you go that we haven't talked about? Oh, uh, I didn't mention we also have an office in Bromsgrove in the UK, mm. which is just outside of Birmingham. That's also a sales service and uh, support center. And that deals with uh, our business in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And uh, we do have a very strong and growing social media presence. Uh, so if anyone wants to get involved with uh, what we're doing and learn what's going on, feel free to jump on in. And we're, we're always open to new ideas. And we'd like to keep our eyes and ears open for people who can test and try things. So, Mark, we're going to have to send you a product to try out. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, thank you. That wasn't, that wasn't the intent, but I, I know it'll be put to good use. Thank you. Oh, we just love doing that. It's fun. Yeah, Mark's your guy. He's, he'll 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 run it through its paces for sure, and provide you with honest feedback. No question. Yeah. That's the important part. There yep. you go. All right. Well, Mark, thank you for being here. Yep. Good yep. to see you Sorry again. To be there in person. Nice to see you too, mate. Appreciate appreciate your input as always. And uh, Michelle, on on uh, on mute there. Thank you for setting this up. And of course, John, thank you for. Uh, taking the time out to be a part of uh, the geoholics. Thank you. Oh, and live long and prosper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I can't do it. So you get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> live long and prosper. I love it. All right. Adding value and making friends. Check that box. If anyone would like to be a guest on a future show, or if you have any ideas for topics that you'd like to hear us uh, talk, talk about or discuss, shoot us an email at info at the geoholics.com. David Bowie and Queen Under Pressure, available everywhere. Until next time, everyone, remember, who's going to carry the boats? I like that. Learning is an adventure. And most importantly, be safe and healthy. Hands of death to, to change our-